Good morning. Peace be with you. We uh, had a really nice movie night last night with uh, uh, lots of attendees, lots of great pizza, and actually a, a pretty good movie uh, about uh, the life and times of Steve McQueen. It was produced by Pastor Greg Laurie of Calvary Chapel. And uh, it certainly went about, you know, from the beginning of Steve's life all the way to the end and the process that he went through. We know him mostly as, a, as a, an action uh, hero kind of an actor, uh, sullen kind of, they described him as a bad boy. Uh, there was even another movie called The Tao of Steve. And the, the idea was that anyone whose name was Steve was cool. It just... It just is, right? And so Steve McQueen certainly was cool, but it also had a, a little bit of a, a flavor to it like Solomon because Steve McQueen had nothing to lots of wealth and abundance to nothing again to lots of wealth and abundance and then a life-challenging, life-ending situation battle with cancer. And like Solomon, he comes to a... a well, truth, where he says that I wished I had had closer relationships with people outside of drugs and alcohol and that they had known and I had been able to tell them that I was walking with the Lord. And that came uh, the last years of his life. So it was a great movie. It was a lot of fun to share with our brothers from uh, Victory Outreach. And we had games and um, if you didn't come, you missed out, but we'll do it again so you can come the next time and enjoy. I'd like to also direct you to your bulletin here and the uh, appropriate and important news of the week here, um, just so that you know that it's a glance at what's coming up this week. And, uh, and then the following week is on here where we see who is ushering and who is reading, and we can always use lectors and ushers and greeters and all those things. So if you feel uh, a drive after today um, to sign up, then please do let me know, let Ashley know. Um, we can always use more help. Last but not least, portals of prayer. I just would love for everybody to have one of these or two. You know, one in your car and one at home. Some great comfort, Carol. You're going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But isn't it, isn't it amazing that some days you can read this, and I'm looking over my shoulder going, did you just write this for me? And have you been spying on me? Is anyone, you know, when that word hits that way? So grab it. Um, it's bite-sized. It's just, you know, a few minutes of uh, devotion every day, and after three years, you'll have gotten through the Bible. How about that? Okay? So... That's about it. Why don't we, unless I've forgotten anything, but I don't have anyone here to, Ed, did we, we didn't forget anything, did we? Okay. <laughs> Today. Okay. Well, why don't we stand and sing as unto the Lord our opening hymn is Holy, Holy, Holy on page 165.
come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Now, Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you and for his sake. He forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O oh Lord, keep your family, the church, continually in the true faith, that relying the hope, relying on the hope of your heavenly grace, we may ever be defended by your mighty power. Through Jesus Christ, our Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. We've got some readings, so let's get to it. First reading this morning is from Isaiah. We're going to be reading chapter 6, verse 1 through 13. And on the Pew Bible, it's on page 1068, 1068. Again, Isaiah chapter 6, 1 through 13. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. They were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At, that, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am, man of, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the king the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. He said, Go and tell his people, tell these people. Be ever hearing but never understanding. Be ever seeing but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused, make their ears dull, close their eyes, and close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said, how, for how long, Lord? And he answered, 
until the city's line lie ruined and without inhabitant, until the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged, until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. And though a tenth remains in the land, it will be again be laid to waste. But as the terebinth and oak leave stumps where they are cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. We will read Psalm 138 responsibly. It's found on your bulletin on page 6. Psalm 138. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart before the gods. I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. For you have so exalted your solemn decree that it surpasses your fame. When I called, you answered me. You greatly emboldened me. May all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord, when they hear what you have decreed. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is exalted, looks kindly and lowly, through lofty he sees them from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. Next reading is on 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12 through 20. It can be found in your pew Bibles on 1788, 1788. You'll find 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12. It starts out saying, So it is with you, since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Otherwise, when you are praising God in the spirit, how can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer say amen, amen to your thanksgiving since they do not know what you are saying. You are giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified. I thank God. I speak in tongues more than all of you, 
But in the church, I'd rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children in regard to evil be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. Here ends our reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Gospel reading this morning is from St. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. It can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1597. Glory to you. Luke writes, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats that were left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. And then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets, they began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, You will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything and they followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. 
striking similarity between the account that we have today in the Gospel of Luke and a similar account that we had a few weeks back in John 2, the wedding in Cana. Now, granted, one's, one's wine and one's fish, but we see an admonition first from Mary to the servants that says, do whatever he tells you, right? And they did, and, and what came? Abundance came. Wine, like, had never been tasted before, so much that the steward of the party remarked at how wonderful this wine was in such vast quantities and how unusual for you to bring the good stuff out now as usually people had the good stuff first and everyone's tongue gets pickled and, and then they don't notice that you got the two-buck chuck, you know, right? Shame on you if you know what that is. No, I'm just teasing you, right? He turned it all the way upside down, but the, the, the part of it that is there is do whatever he tells you, and he does it. Perfect wine. The stewards and the people that were serving knew where it came from. They didn't say anything kind of interesting. They're just going, yeah, it happened. And then we, we switch over and we see Peter. Jesus is preaching, and we, we get this picture that people are coming. They want to hear what he says. They want to feed on the word, on, on the, the bread of life. Coming from God himself, they're pushing. He's getting literally pushed into the water. He sees a boat. He gets in it. Anyone own a boat here or have owned a boat? Yeah? What if somebody got in the boat without asking you? I mean, does that sort of like... That's the part that I got. It's like, dude, <laughs> you're in my boat. But anyway, despite that, Jesus puts into the boat, happens to be Simon's, tells him, hey, let's go out a little way, and then he starts preaching. And, and you've heard uh, archaeologists and theologians talk about how that the sound was probably amplified. Have you ever heard somebody talk across the river down in Arizona? If you've ever been down the river, and I hadn't, you know, until six years ago, but I'll tell you what, on one side of the bank in Arizona, we can hear what the people in California are saying. You got to be, so I imagine that the acoustics were just perfect. You know, here he is out on this boat, and he's preaching. We know that Simon and the boys were cleaning their nets and probably, you know, fixing them as they're going along. And he interrupts them. And after Jesus speaks, we hear him tell Simon to put out into the deep water. And uh, he does. And he says, put your nets down. And he does. And at this point, Peter's really like a professional fisherman there, you know. He, 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 the first thing he says is, uh, master... He says, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. I mean, this is a guy that knows. And he's a little subtle, but, you know, some people aren't all that subtle, and the point is there. It's like, all right, Master, teacher, rabbi. I wonder if he had a little, or if he looked at somebody and rolled his eyes. Because all night long, this professional 
I hadn't caught a thing. Now I'm going to go into the deep water. That means I got to let it all the way down there and pull it all the way back up for nothing. But because you said so, I'm going to do it. Has anyone ever felt that way? Have you ever had somebody tell you how to do something that you knew how to do and you were pretty sure they didn't know? I've seen a lot of, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, how did that make you feel? Yeah. Well, in this instance, Peter is blown away because we hear all those, that fish comes up, and that just doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen. You know, I spent a lot of time out in that Pacific there trying to catch jaws. Uh, My father-in-law and I, we were going to go out there and get the biggest shark that we could, and boy, did we study it, and you know, we, we actually got pretty good at it. We never caught a really huge one, but we spent a lot of time. We kind of knew what we were doing. Um, yeah, kind of. We, we, uh, I found out this. Out in the ocean, you don't fish in a spot. You fish the conditions. Spot means nothing if there's no fish. And so, surely, Peter had come out there and, and he'd, been in that spot, you know, and he'd fished that area, and he knew where the fish normally were, and he could see the conditions, and we made a deuce. The conditions were not something that you would catch any fish, and he had tested and proven it. His reaction is not like a fisherman when the fish come up. His, his reaction isn't, man, why did, how did I miss that? You know, and out in the ocean, you see fish diving into the water because the bait fish are coming up because something bigger than them is pushing them up and something bigger than them is pushing them up and that's boy where you set your lines but he he hadn't seen that he didn't he didn't he didn't say gee I didn't see that coming no his reaction and by his words he went from master to lord he says Depart from me, Lord. I am a sinner. There was no discussion about the fish. The fact of the matter was proven right there. He is Lord. There's God right there. I'll catch so many fish. You, you think you know what you're doing there, young man? Check this out. Oh, gee whiz, are the boats almost capsizing? Have you ever been proven so wrong in something that you thought you were so right in? Ever? I have in my marriage. See you go. Yep. So I'll, I'll, I did not say that. Yes, you did. No, I did not. Here it is in a text. How about those Niners? Change the subject, right? Ooh, I do not fall down on my knees until later and I say, I'm so sorry I was wrong. I do that, don't I? I apologize. I should, I should know better than to question, right? So should you, but uh, all of you. But so should Peter. Peter was walking with Jesus, and Jesus showed all of this, but then he did. He goes, oh, master, and, or not master, but oh, Lord. And Lord is somebody that you are owing to, that you are committed to. He is so humbled. He knows who he is. He is poor in spirit at this point compared to God. Jesus didn't speak any law to him at all. He just said, drop your nets. And I'll paraphrase for 
for Peter, he was duping you, right? What a colossal waste of time this is going to be. Uh-oh. And his reaction is oh, fear, humility. Well, I got that wrong. But even more deep than that, O-M-G, that people like to say. Well, right now we can say that in church. Oh, my God, my Savior, my Lord, depart from me because I can't even be in this boat with you, what you have done and the way that I treated you and the way that I just thought. Didn't speak law. His presence caused Peter to understand exactly who he was compared to Christ. And we see that again in the earlier readings here from Isaiah. In Isaiah 6, we hear him say, Woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and yet I have seen the king. Here he is in the presence of the holy of holies. Holy, 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 he sees. He sees this vision of heaven, and a seraphim comes up to him. He describes it with wings, two cover his eyes, two cover his feet, and with two he flies, and he brings this coal, and he touches his lips to him. Isaiah, the one who sees this, this, this vision, has a Peter moment, or Peter had an Isaiah moment. I'm in the presence of God. I have no business being here. Woe is me. Help. I don't belong here. No laws spoken, just the sheer presence of the Holy One. Oh, no. I don't belong here. And what we hear, Isaiah say, is go away from me. I'm poor in spirit is what, that, what they say. Go away from me. For they know who they are compared to God. You and I know who we are compared to God. We are nothing. But in him we are everything. To the very presence of God, I said earlier, it functions as law. We are saying, save me. We come to God and say, hear our prayer. We come to God, have mercy on me, a wretched sinner. We say, I am not worthy. We may say, how can you call me to ministry? How can you call me to speak anything of you? I'm not worthy. We call out, Lord, I am only here by your grace. And yet, he knows that. He always knew that. And he says to you, and he said to Peter, and he said to Isaiah, but most importantly, Christian brother and sister, he says to you, don't worry. From now on, 
as he said to Peter, I'll make you boys fishers of men. You'll be catching people. To Isaiah, he says to the seraphim, see, this has touched your lips. This has taken your guilt away and your sin is atoned for. The repentant, poor in spirit person understands they are nothing. I'm not a fisherman. I live with unclean people with unclean lips. I am nothing, and yet I'm in the presence of God. I don't deserve this, and even more he gives. He says, look, yeah, you do belong here. You have clean lips. Your sins have been atoned. And then he asks, who shall I send? We're going to sing this a little earlier. Is it I, Lord? The morning, that's not a morning cry, but, you know, but it's, boy, what, you know, listen to that. He's, he's calling you. And we know that through our baptism that we are delivered. Through our baptism, like that coal, our sin is atoned for. Like that coal, our lips are made clean. Like that moment that, that Peter confesses to the Lord Get away from me. I don't deserve to be in your presence. And, in, in, and he doesn't say, you got that right. He says, don't worry. I got more for you. Through our baptism, we are delivered from sinful to forgiven. From our baptism, we are delivered from feeling dirty to being cleansed. Through our baptism, we can go and do go from afraid to bold witness. Through the sacrament of the altar where we receive the true body, the true blood, our guilt is taken away. Our sin is atoned for. And it is then that we can come in confidence and say to the Lord, send me. We can come to him in confidence and assurance. Thy will be done. We can come to him knowing that he is sending us. He has abundance set for us in our lives as we say, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
we stand. Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, here we stand before you praising your holy name. Thank you for this blessing that we can stand here unafraid and speak directly to you, the creator and maintainer of the universe. Thank you for opening our eyes, hearts, and minds to see your handiwork in the stars, in the heavens above, in the snow-covered mountains and blue ocean around us. Thank you for our nation the most blessed on earth. Thank you for our nation's wealth, its power, freedom and liberties, safety and security, and its charity towards other nations. Thank you, Lord God, for our knowledge of you through your written word provided to us through your holy scripture, for your forgiveness of our sins against you and one another, through the saving grace of your son, Jesus, and for the Holy Spirit who brings us to faith and remains within us as your counselor throughout our lives. None of this would exist without your blessing, regardless of whether we know it or not. We're sorry, Father, as a nation for raising children, now adults, who do not know or recognize you. We've raised many of our young to feel entitled to everything they have, not realizing the privileges and liberty that came to them with great sacrifice. Father, unlike these young people, we know history and how it repeats. You humbled the Israelites every time they forgot about you, and the lessons of humility were very tough. There are many in the United States that still love, respect, and fear you, but are being persecuted ruthlessly when we speak the truth. Of course, you know, being, you know all this and predicted it. We, the faithful, fear your wrath, and know it's coming if we don't change our ways. So Almighty Father, we pray in your Son's name that you would lead all our nation's people, including legislators and judges, back to your righteous path. We appeal to you as your favorite King David often did when he was surrounded by enemies intent on destroying him, and you answered his prayers. Please protect us as we are surrounded by enemies of us and of you Holy Father, we pray for those among us who have lost jobs, that they would remain hopeful and find new ones, 
for those who seek work but haven't found it yet, for those who seek a place to live but are homeless, and for those who are lonely or in despair. We pray for the ill, whether physical or mental, and for those who provide care and healing to all who need it. We pray for wisdom both individually and as a nation to know how to address worldwide problems of war, strife, crimes against the weak, mass human migration, and climate change. You made us stewards of your earth, but we're way over our heads. Even though pride, greed, and jealousy have led to many of our self-imposed problems, Satan has a strong grip on us. And like Adam and Eve, he continues to fool and confuse us. Please open our eyes and hearts to see the lies that confront us and make your presence known. We also pray for charitable hearts, Lord. Help us to be free with our gifts and blessings of money, food, clothing, shelter, or words of encouragement to those in need, whether in our nation or outside, since all belong to you. We pray for your special protection of our military forces engaged in battle to free oppressed people and safeguard our nation's safety and security. We pray for the safety of our local, federal, and state police, federal security forces, and firefighters and paramedics, all who serve the common good. We pray for eyes to see religions and individuals that profess hate for other people based upon their differences. You have told us that judging is your domain. We are to stand aside from this. Yet this has become commonplace in our politics and society. Please make it clear to all of us that such behavior should not be tolerated by us and won't be tolerated by you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us in spite of all we do against you. And we know we sin greatly. Please soften our hearts that we would treat our fellow humans with the same love you have for us. Lord, we ask that you would hear each of us now as we pray to you silently or aloud our personal praises or humble requests for your help. Finally, Almighty God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your only son, Jesus, to save us from damnation and provide us a place in heaven with you. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace.
Will you please stand? Were any of you humming to that? I'll lift you up on wings of Thank you, Liz, for that. We are really, truly blessed by many in this church body that give of their, their time and their talents for us. And so let us now give thanks in a prayer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, sharing our life he lived among us to reveal your glory, Father, and your love, that our darkness should give away to his own brilliant light. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name, and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus, he took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples and saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The sacrament of the altar is for all who believe. Those who have been baptized in Christ, those who confess with their lips that he is Lord and Savior. This table has been set for you and for me. It is but a foretaste of the feast that is coming, but it is an indicator, as we saw today in our scripture, that you have been made clean, that your sins have been attended, atoned for. So come, the table is prepared. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward.
now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn is Near and Dear to Me, Here I Am, Lord, on page 7. Thank you.